Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Warning. Three or more ants, six or more flies, and any mosquito will lead Carl to think the apocalypse is upon us. Beware. What's up, everybody? This is Derek, and with me today is the only man who thinks a face mask will protect you and heal you and heal you from everything. Carl Mandrioli, what's going on? Heal you from everything. I like your voice. Everything. Kinda, your voice kind of cracked in that description. I like what that. Thank you. There's a lot of passion in that. Indeed. With me today is Derek, a man who hides strange things in his apocalypse bunker including an original Nintendo, G.I. Joe action figures, and a cup of yellow snow. Hey, you can never be too careful. And, yeah, Mm. Nintendo I'm definitely putting in there. That's for sure. Original. NES. Yeah. We got a fun one today. I'm excited for today. We have an interesting one because we are obviously living in interesting times, right? We do. We are. Yeah. There's no more toilet paper, REIs are closing, cats and dogs living together. It's mass hysteria. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, jeez. Well, I don't even know how to handle this. This is crazy. Well, let's talk about the toilet paper first. Let's talk about it. I think it was last episode. I was kind of expressing how, you know, like everybody's running out of toilet paper. You can't buy it at the store anymore. And you're like, oh, no, no, no. Here in Southern mm-hmm. California, we, we have ample. We did at the time. We did at the time. And then... Uh, I, I don't believe you for one second. Well, I went out and bought some, so I know it was there. After we recorded? Well, yeah. Yeah, I went to... I went to <laughs> it was sparse. Don't get me wrong. I went to Walmart. I went to th- th- two okay. Targets, and I went to a Costco and found some. Wait, so you went to four different stores, and you found one that had toilet paper, and you're like, there was some there. There's plenty. There was, there was some at each, but at this point, there is okay. none at any of those places. Gotcha. So okay, so California's a little bit, even though they're kind of like leading the way with some health issues, they were a little bit behind with um, people grabbing the toilet paper. So, are the new closures changing your plans? Are the new closures? Cha- yeah, they're changing my plans. Yeah, I had like well, I was uh, gonna be getting a massage. Okay, I canceled that. <laughs> was gonna go see a movie gotta cancel they're all shutting down tomorrow cancel that i mean it's it's been brutal man it's been brutal if we could only it's live hard, your life derek that's it's a hard pill to that's swallow how you've been affected it's a hard pill. <laughs> that's such a ridiculous answer oh my goodness you are so ridiculous okay so all right i've got a bible verse for this one and this is one that came up in the verse of the day like last week, this is kind of an obvious one. James 4, 8, draw near to me, God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you mm-hmm. double-minded. Clean, yeah. This 
Yeah, cleanse your hands. That's that's why that popped up in the last week. This is a call to repentance, not a call to be a better hand washer. <laughs> um, but by washing our hands of sin, which may take far more than 20 seconds, we will draw closer to the Lord. All right, but is the person, not the verse, telling you to wash your hands at this point in the game the new cliche guy, Derek? Ooh, it's it's borderline. That's borderline. How is it borderline? Everybody is telling you to wash your hands. Everybody. But here's the problem. Every well, you should wash your hands normally, every uh, frequently. But let me ask you a question: Are you more a germy gel guy, a, a hand sanitizer guy? You know what that's, I mean? Or are you? That's um, that's not my question. Not. I'm I'm asking specifically. Like, I'm getting emails from my bank. It's like, hey, hey, by the way, don't forget to wash your hands. As if I haven't heard that, you know, twenty-five times from like <laughs> athletes, the news people, you know, schools everywhere. So, so I, that's anyway. I thought that's the new cliche guy. Wash your hands. I, I'm gonna say that's hundred percent. Well, then yeah, hundred percent. Kind of funny. Not trying to minimize the importance yeah. of doing that. Just the fact that we've heard it nonstop. So, I want to do a quick explanation of this episode. We don't mean to take anything lightly here. Um, and what we're going to be talking about here is not necessarily a call to action, but more of like a break from the mass hysteria. So we understand that people mm-hmm. are suffering one way or another, whether it's from sickness or from, Indeed. you know, economic impact. So uh, we don't mean to offend anybody and we don't want to take anything lightly, but we, we titled this episode Prepper's Paradise because we think it's funny that there's been all these TV shows on people prepping for the apocalypse. And I just, I don't know anybody that does that, but I just imagine them going, them, you know, basically saying to each other, like, we told you, we told you it's here. And mm. when this too obviously shall pass, right? Well, let me ask you a question. Are you a guy, are you okay. one of the people that watches Doomsday Preppers on Netflix? Do you watch that show? I, yeah, I think I've seen it. I've seen a handful of episodes. For sure. Yeah, just kind of out of curiosity. Do you feel like you qualify as a longing prepper? Like, is that something you wish you were better at? Mm. I feel like a lot of those preppers are pretty well off financially, and I am not mm. complaining about my situation, but definitely I would say I'm not at their level. I don't have access to a helicopter, for example, or access to like a secondary home or cabin mm. in the woods. So, yeah. But my longing? I don't know. I don't think so. I just find it interesting. Yeah. Do you want to be a prepper? Uh, part of me does. Part of me, part of me, it's like a minor prepper. I, I, you know, I always have like extra, you know, like body wash. Not that that's needed. Maybe I'll be, I'll be super, I'll be super clean in the apocalypse. Wait, 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 wait. just, just to clarify, I want to be a prepper because I have extra body wash. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's a mental issue. I'm not sure. I always, but I usually have extra TP and things like that, but I don't know. You know, like you, you have, you stock up on certain things and like, I don't want to run out of these. But then now that we have like some semi-apocalyptic behaviors coming out in people, you're like, well. Now I know what I need to stock up on. Now I know, like people are gonna go for the. There's no hydrogen peroxide anywhere. I gotta go get this. Like I gotta stock up, and right. so then you start being a little bit more paranoid. But I, I got a little more paranoid. I got, I got, I went to the store and got sucked in a little bit. So you gotta be careful. You gotta be careful. So yeah, for sure. And so you know, and I guess one of my other kind of the second part of like me asking you earlier about does this change in your plans? Is it changing of your you know your backpacking plans? Your getting out into the wilderness plans because we got a trip coming up in about a month and you know we got people coming from different directions is this going to affect the trip and i don't know but i'm still planning to go you're still planning to go yeah i think that's uh i think that's good you know it's funny you you know you mentioned that because our favorite website or well becoming your favorite website uh, had a little snippet on you know that and the section hiker.com is back and uh <laughs> is you know, back is back from season one he's back from season one and yeah, he, don't want to let that die he had some some tips if you just go to the front page there's there's a little section on there called backpacking during the pandemic you know and he's mm. like is it still wise to go out on the trail is it safe you know Right. So, you know, he, he had some good points, which I think you're going to agree with, actually. You okay. know, what if what if the trail angels you rely on stop supporting people because they're stuck in their houses? You know, what if, 
You know, what if uh, the stores you rely on for resupply run out of food and they're closed, you know, things like that. I think the day that I let Section Hiker sort of guide my decision-making process is the day I've given up on life, right? I think deep in your soul, you know that you resonate with the Section Hiker. I'm a little surprised. You're, yeah, you just kind of keep on rehashing Section Hiker, you know, season one stuff. Uh, look, some of our boys sent me a, a heads up and I'm diving in. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Do you want to talk about Lance again too? Should we, should we mention Lance and how like you know he still doesn't say hi to me when we, you know, walk past you at the mailbox? Is that is that still relevant? Look, whatever's going on between you and Lance is clearly uh, personal, and uh, it's 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 something that probably needs therapy at this point. <laughs> um, but you know, section hiker. I think I think we all have a little section hiker in us. I think yours might be a little bit more than most, okay. but. This is a long, drawn-out introduction to this episode. You just want to talk about Section Hiker nonstop. Look, man, people have nothing to do. They're hoarded up in their houses. They got nowhere to go. Let's give them the fodder. You know what I mean? So check out SectionHiker.com. Stop talking about SectionHiker.com, and let's move on to the episode. The last thing I want to share about, you know, like we're going to... Let me let me ask you one question before we move on. Is it about sectionhiker.com? Are you are you going to No, no, no. Do you, I just I'm gonna, I'm going to read something from some from a website. Okay. You tell me if you agree with it or not. This this they say be safe, stay healthy, take care of your family, friends and neighbors. Do you agree with that or disagree with that? Does it say wash your hands? Not in this particular sentence. Do I agree with a general philosophy of staying safe? Yeah, that's pretty deep. It's pretty original too. Well, section, then you Good and Section job. Hiker have something in common. Um, okay. you know, hike your, he says, hike your own hike, Carl. Then that's what you tell me. Yeah. Hike cliche your own guy hike. again. Cliche guy. Cliche guy. He encourages you. <laughs> I want to. <laughs> I could go on, but well. Hike your own hike. Okay. I know. I, I yeah. You yeah. In recent episodes, you've struggled with rambling. A lot of these general statements, I find you saying, and I just think it's ironic that you and Section, the Sectionator, have some some of the same philosophies i accused you of rambling and your response to that is to continue to ramble about section ramble or plug in poignant information into the spectrum of backpacking ramble and i'm doing that for everyone can we start the episode please can we start i'm waiting i'm waiting for you all right and one more thing about our episode is we had the chance to interview bill stoker from stoker matic youtube channel um, he's an expert on field craft, which could be helpful if you are the kind of person that wants to take advantage of this time and just go into the mountains. And so we're going to, we're going to have that interview after we kind of run through our information and he's got some really good stuff to share that, uh, yeah, that we'll, that we'll talk about. So mm. we both have a different take on what to do in these uncertain times. I'm going to take the more of the angle of like escaping to the backcountry, hitting the trail and Derek's got, you know, supposedly tips he took from sectionhiker.com to avoid that and to to hole up in your house and to to put boards on the windows and lock the doors no no i did not take anything from section okay. hiker That's so but yeah i'll take the more i'll take the more homebody right, so, approach You'll yeah take so let's more, start i'll just yeah. let's kind of run through each of ours in a row so i'll start with mine first all right so i'm gonna pose it as a Got question and kind of you know give you the scenario for why this would be an appropriate question all right Derek, sure. do you know do how to break into a national park? Do I know how? Yeah. Um, well, you asked me that as if you've already done it, so clearly I'm not going to know, but I would imagine I would get my nighttime gear, my, my uh, what is it, infrared lenses, and I'd sneak past. Your nighttime gear, like pajamas? Well, possibly, if they're flannel, and then I would uh, <laughs> sneak in there with my infrared gear past the borders and uh sneak in there i mean it's not like there's some giant fence keeping me out right so you don't think national parks have fences all around the entire park i mean i guess you could (laughs) that would be interesting that's a lot of work actually (laughs) that would be be my answer what what okay what sage section advice do you have for us so yeah in terms of breaking into national park sometimes when like the government shuts down they still leave the gates open so you can actually just literally just drive in if um they're trying to prevent kind of the accumulation of people they at this point when we recorded this they have not closed the national parks but if they do and you want to you know go in obviously you can you can hop the gate there's not always trails right away you know sometimes there's trails like are way far away from that and so you can't get your vehicle in without doing some serious damage but um one way to actually sort of legally 
quote break into a national park would be to hike in via a trail that starts outside of the park so there's a lot of like national forest trails where the trail heads outside the park and then it leads inside the park and that's um I'm not sure with the closures like what rules and restrictions they put on there but i know that if you struggle getting a permit that's one way to kind of bypass that what do you think about that i think that's ingenious i keep thinking to myself if you actually got in to the park though do you think that you have the ability to get a bear sick or not can you get like a deer sick or or like a a marmot yeah i don't think i have your animal kinship skills where Mm. i'm hanging out with them that close are you are you feeding the animals well you tend to leave food out you know like the campsite sometimes like you know trail mix and and drink mix and bags and whatnot so i'm just thinking (laughs) if you're gonna draw them in you know i'm just saying those viruses can hang around all right so anyway so that was my first one how to break into a national park second one at this point, people are starting to avoid the grocery store, avoid kind of these, these mass gatherings. So if you don't have backpacking food and you want to avoid the store, yep. what do you do for food out there? Well, I know here, if we need food, they have like uh, like Pavilion's Grocery Store will deliver food to you. So you can always jump okay. online and pre-order some food. Um, mm-hmm. And if you got the bucks to spend, you can always DoorDash or Grubhub or, you know, just order food and they'll bring it right to you. Okay, so. so you're saying have a restaurant deliver food to you out while you're backpacking. Yeah, exactly. DoorDash. They'll do <laughs> it on the trail. They'll do it on the trail. I'm serious. So I've seen them. Do- so you're you're what? over a fence, ten miles in. <laughs> hey, anybody get some Chinese food? <laughs> okay. All right. I'm kidding. Totally. I'm totally kidding. But I will say, if you're out on the trail. Grubhub would be nice though, or DoorDash would be nice. Uh, if, you're, <laughs> if you're on the trail, this is where, this is where your knowledge of the wild comes into play. Like, would you? You're gonna go. I, we all know what you're gonna do. You're gonna go eat unripened berries. <laughs> you're gonna get yourself sick and die. And okay. uh, you know, could you hunt for meat? Could you hunt for proper <laughs> foliage? I mean, how would you, you survive for foliage? What if you had no water filter, Carl? Would you just drink right out of the mm. stream and go for Giardia? So you're answering a question with a question. So, okay, just your your initial response was you want to avoid the grocery store, so have the grocery store come to you. That was your response, correct? I mean, in a perfect world, yeah, okay. I would love that. I think if you're trying but, to get away from people, you don't want to bring people towards you, especially people that are interacting with what the if, masses. What if you could have, like, the local, the local you know, supply stop shop Mm-hmm. Let's let's assume they're open. Right. How much do you think you'd have to pay a guy like that to be like, hey, you know what? Can you just just give me like a box of stuff you think I'd like, <laughs> stick it at the trailhead, <laughs> and then drive away? I'll leave you money. You think they'd do that? Your relationship with store clerks is different than mine. I think. Like, hey, <laughs> you clearly know me well enough to just pick out things that I'd probably like. So. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and I'll uh, drop you a tip. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have these conversations. What do you? What would you do? Okay. What would you do? <laughs> exactly. Uh, I want to hear. I think you an F to that answer. <laughs> I would give an F to that too. I think at this point, most people have, have stored up, you know, they have like a, a stash of food. And I think if there's ever a time when canned goods are appropriate for the backcountry, this is the time when you got to carry the extra heavy pack and bring whatever you have. And it may not be your typical backcountry fare, but go for it. I worry about you though. That, so your answer is to to grab a bunch of canned food and carry an eighty pound pack. Okay, yes. so that's oh, yeah, that's one sure. option. Yeah. But you're you're the guy who's gonna get out there, and then you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, Derek, uh, where do I plug? You 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 whip out your electric can opener and you're like, how do I I can't <laughs> open this anymore. Like, how do I open this? <laughs> I like oh, that I you've I added me to the scenario where like somehow we're doing this together, even though we live in different states. This is this is awesome. You, you have this fantasy land that where people are delivering you food on the trail, and now I'm bringing an electric can opener to open the cans. I love this. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. I'm just saying what I think would happen. And, you know, okay. clearly that I would be the guy <laughs> that, like, I would be the guy that's like, look, I have a manual can opener. You're welcome. What kind of canned food would you bring, though? Peaches? We Green have, beans? We have some listeners that are like, 
they're like, yeah, I still have a grain of credibility for Derek, and that's gone now. That's <laughs> totally gone. <laughs> You're the one telling people you're going to load up a backpack with canned goods with no can opener, by the way, and just go out to the wild. <laughs> so no that would be – what if you just went out to the wild and you opened up your backpack and all these people are like, oh, my gosh, you have canned food. This is amazing. Mm. Get out your can opener. Let's eat. Thank you so mm-hmm. – oh, I don't have anything like that. So what are you going to just, what, pound them open with rocks? Like, what are you going to do? Okay. I don't think you are on the same page. Here's what I would do. I'm going to find a, uh, a some some uh, horns from an animal on the ground, which we've done many times. Here's some horns, and I'm just going to pry it open. Is that what you're going to do? Okay. That's, your, that's your answer. You're going to pry open canned food with horns and rocks. Backtracking to your fantasy world, you're imagining me having a bunch of cans with some sort of crowd around me in the back country where I'm trying to get away from people, and now I'm encountering people and showing them all my canned goods. I'm not, I'm not tracking with yeah, your story. You here. don't think people are going to know that you have canned goods out there? I'm getting away from people. We're going. We're going away. This is the whole point of getting to the hills. But all the people, all the people getting away from people are going to encounter the people that are getting away from people. In- Follow incorrect. that. Then you're going to be so slow with your 85 pound pack that they're all going to catch up and pass you, and they're like, "Why are you so slow? Like, do you need some help?" And you're like, "No, no, 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 guys, I don't need help." And they're like, "Sir, let us take some of your mm. weight." You open your backpack. Oh my goodness! Here's 85 cans of food. And then there's your new problem. I think you're. I'm just trying. I think you're playing Apocalypse Dungeons and Dragons in your mind right now, and people are <laughs> seeing where your storyline is going, and they're just like, "What is happening?" And by the way, about two minutes ago, they've already turned off the podcast. So thanks to those that are still listening. Two minutes on, ago. Wow. On to my third one because I I, I don't, don't want to respond to anything you just said. Um, all right. So because you're supposedly going to be by yourself, you're going to be away from people, whether that takes going off trail or mm. not. So so play along. I know you got to break from your storyline, but play along here. You've got to become more self-reliant. So what are some things mm-hmm. that typically you can rely upon when you're out backpacking that you would no longer be able to rely upon? So as Section Hiker mentioned, yeah. uh, you know, there are some oh supply gosh. stores that will probably be closed there are if if you right. even if you have like your your satellite phone and your all this other like uh, SOS stuff like not that they wouldn't come but I I'm wondering if it would be harder for them to come out there and get you because you know maybe they're dealing with other things because it's kind of I don't know would they be would they have their hands fuller because of the situation going on that would be my question those are yeah those those are those are actually legit answers. You made a strong comeback with that one. Thank you. Um, I think that if you're th- planning on making this like you're like hey well, you know I got to be away from society for a while. Let's just go through hiking. I would say good luck with the resupplies. You know whether it's post offices being open or you know just basic services out there. You mentioned the trail magic, but beyond that, just you know access to shuttles and parks or areas, access to hitchhiking. People are going to be less likely to pick you up. Yeah. Um, just these are things that you just can't count on anymore that you can typically count on a backpacking trip. So it's definitely a different world out there. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay, so those are my three. Um, you obviously don't understand the concept of escaping into the hills, and which is fine because you didn't come up with any solutions for that. You came up with solutions for how to have a, a staycation, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hunker down. I'm going to yeah. hunker down. I'm not going to run away from my problems and avoid Carl. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Unless... It's a zombie apocalypse. Then I would join you, no, but I don't think that's what that. we're talking about right now. Yeah, we're not talking about that. Yeah. So, um, if I'm going to hunker down and stay, things I need to know. Here's a few things. If you, if there is like sickness and viruses going around, oftentimes germs can last two or three days. Uh, it can last a few days on like metal surfaces. It can last at least okay. 24 hours on cardboard surfaces. So it's good to. And I thought about this recently, you know, like constantly being more aware of like what I touch and stuff. So I think constantly mm. de- disinfecting things like car handles, door handles, where you grab your right. mailbox, especially your phone. I, I, some people consider their phone like a third hand, which it's hard to not disagree with that. Right. When you're cleaning this stuff, I would, you know, uh, it's it's been said like don't just use baby wipes because that's not going to get it done. You need to use something that has like ammonia or alcohol-based products, or if you can soap okay. and water it too, that's always always the best way to clean a surface. The next one I'd say is uh, some of the myths out there. If you're one of the people who like 
jumps onto the internet and goes down the wormhole and believes everything you read. Just these are some things that you people. These are th- things people actually believe, and these are not true. Uh, yeah, are these are these are you talking about specifically with sickness or with like Sasquatch and stuff? Okay. Yeah. So this is just sickness as a general. They think if you if you drink a lot of water, if you eat a lot of garlic, if you uh, th- these will help cure you of the virus drinking water is good to keep flushing but i think there are people who believe like if i only drink water uh it's gonna it's gonna just flush everything out and i'm gonna be good to go and that's kind of it's not really true in the sense of like only drinking water is not gonna get it done so eating a lot of garlic some people would spray alcohol and chlorine on themselves to to Mm -hmm. as as a means of like well this is my protective barrier so that other people won't mm-hmm. get me sick, which is hilarious, but not true at all. And it's again, it's kind of gnarly for your body too. Like you're not going to spray chlorine on yourself or alcohol. I, just real quick about the garlic, though. I've 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 upped the the garlic intake for sure. Not because I think it's going to cure anything, more because it's helped. It's known to boost your immune system, right? That is true. But these are people who think these options will cure you or protect okay. you fully from a virus or you know viruses out there that will make you sick so they will aid you like they'll boost your immune um they'll flush stuff out obviously spraying alcohol and chlorine on yourself is a in my opinion horrible idea you keep you keep on bringing that up did you you try that no i didn't try that that's something i could see you doing though maybe like if i if i spray myself with this derek won't get me sick and i could still get you sick we're not in the same state we're not getting each other i'm just you know i'm that powerful though (laughs) so uh, and then the and then finally the third one I had was um, you're like well a lot of ways that you get sick from viruses is is, is uh, touching your face and I I think I've noticed especially recently with what's going on like how much I touch my face and I don't even think about it like I'll touch my phone and then I touch my forehead I touch my phone I touch my mouth mm. I touch a doorknob I touch my ear like it's it's amazing how many times a day I touch my face so you feel like so we're, we're in we're in late March now and you feel like people probably haven't heard don't touch your face I bet you there's people that haven't I don't know I mean he's, people that are listening to this podcast or ill form they're like oh I shouldn't touch my face no don't touch your face but I still am touching my face <laughs> I'm still doing it so I had an idea okay yeah, I'm bringing up a general thing you're like oh Derek I already know not to touch my face okay yeah cliche guy you're definitely I'm cliche, cliche guy, guy right, right now, now but then I'm gonna come back with good advice guy so right. one thing I actually tried I tried this okay because I'm a guy that constantly touches my face so what I did was I cleaned and washed my hands like super good cleaned my face washed my face super good then I took an onion and I rubbed it all over my hands. Like just rub this onion all <laughs> over my hands, right? And uh, I read this online. I was like, this is a tip. I'm like, this is absurd, but I got to try something. Like I keep touching my face. So I rub onions all over my hand. And oh my gosh, like every time I'd bring my hand close to my face, I'm like, whoa, this is disgusting. So it would remind, <laughs> it would remind me not to touch my face, but it worked, dude. It worked. I'm telling you. So, you, so your suggestion is to is to grab that raw onion and rub your hands and your kids' hands with it. Grab that raw onion, oh guys. Grab it. Rub it. You might be socially inept for mm. a few weeks after that, but. Well, you're used to that. So that part's not a problem. Yeah, the social ostracization is is totally fine for me. But okay, it worked. I'm no no joke. It worked. It was a constant reminder. So next time we are hanging out, please don't be onion hands on the backpacking trip. I'm thinking about. Well, hopefully this won't be a problem by that point. But right, I just don't. But maybe you get used to it. and You're like, I kind of like this. It keeps me from rubbing my face. You know, maybe just, my love yeah, of no onions onion has has increased slightly. I'm gonna let. People have their own reaction to that one. <laughs> Look, if you struggle with it, you're worried about it. Would oh you rather gosh. get sick or rub an onion on your hand? That's really what you got to ask yourself. All right, my friend, it's time for our interview with Bill Stoker of Stokermatic YouTube channel. And Stoke it. I interviewed him back in January, and this was, this wasn't intended to be you know part of this type of episode, but I think it fits, and I think he's got some good information that we can definitely chat about. So here's what he had to say. So with me today is Bill Stoker, famous YouTuber. How's it going today, sir? <laughs> I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing good, thanks. Yeah, so thanks for coming on uh, the show with us. 
Yeah. Before we jump into to kind of why we brought you on, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and just where you're from and what, I guess, wilderness area experience or stomping grounds you associate with the, the most, I guess? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you got to make a long story short. So I'm originally from the southwest in New Mexico area. Uh, kind of stomping ground was uh, the Gila wilderness area. But last 18 plus years, I've been, I've been in the military uh, so oh, I've been yeah. traveling all over the place, uh, and right now I'm up in the Pacific Northwest, up at uh, Washington. So I'm loving, loving the green space in the mountains up here. Yeah, we were just up there actually last summer. What, what, what parks or areas do you typically head off to when you're going outside? Uh, typically the uh, Olympic National Forest and the Gifford. And that's where we were actually last summer. We were actually um, about to put a video out about that. So, oh. so okay. So here's my question to you then, and this is this is totally not the topic for today, but because this is your your area of expertise. How do you feel about the Sasquatch up there? <laughs> I've been looking hard for him, looking hard for him. <laughs> well, I can share with you that the video that we've got. He's out there somewhere. He's out there somewhere. <laughs> All right. So the video that we got coming out is called um, How to Find a Sasquatch. And it's, it's a trip through Olympic National Park. So um, I guess stay tuned on that one. But another kind of random question I have for you. If you're out camping or backpacking or you're just out and you've got a campfire and you're with a group of folks and the campfire is dying, are you the one in charge of making sure to kind of bring it back to life? Every single time. Okay. Do you, I don't know if you know where I'm going with that, but I figured that you would be the one that would be called the campfire stoker. Is that right? The, I, I am the stoker. That's right. That's the family name. The stoker. So, okay. Comes with the territory. Yeah, yeah. So I just figured, you know, like with that name, you got to be the guy in charge of that, right? So anyway. Oh yeah. Um, every, every every fire. I mean. Yeah, my name gets made fun of a lot, and so I was like, yeah, you've got a fun name too. So I, I had to had to ask. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, so on to the main content of the episode. So yeah, if you don't mind sharing like a little bit about your background, like you mentioned, you're you're in the military. Thank you for your service, first of all, for that. But like, what's yeah, what's your background and kind of experience level, and and kind of where is your passion? What does your passion for the outdoors revolve around? Yeah, so I, I guess if I was to start, you know, background um, was deeply rooted in hanging out in a lot of Indian reservations um, in the southwest, especially with the uh, Apache Mescalero. Uh, and that dealt with, you know, primarily okay. my dad being a leather worker. And then uh, it was in the scouting program. I worked in uh, ranches, riding fence, you know, going out, you know, several days uh, just to take care of the fence around uh, some different ranches. Wow, okay. Yeah, great times. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, growing uh, the, the last, since about 95, it's it just been deeply called and rooted and finding myself as much as I can, you know, spending time. I, if there's one thing I love, it's going to some place where I feel like nobody has ever been before. I mean, and that, that's where I feel at home. And so are you, do you typically like head off trail then to do that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Have you, have you gone off trail like an Olympic national park? Uh, sure have. Okay. You got it. I would guess you'd have to know what you're doing there because I feel like as I was walking through that it was just, I mean, so dense that I would just be fighting bushes and trees constantly. Oh yeah. Depending on where you're at, uh, the undergrowth is extremely dense. You get off in a couple of different places and it's not, it's not too bad. You you can head out. But then of course you got, you know, all the major terrain features and the crevices and the, the you know, the ridges and everything just kind of telling you which way to go. Right. Right. So from what I'm gathering, just kind of going through your, your YouTube stuff, you have a lot of experience with a variety of folks in the outdoors. And so, and, and you come across as somebody who just has access or knowledge to a lot of different skills. So what are you finding to be essential skills that people are lacking when they're going outside? Yeah, I think the, the primary one that I have, a, I'm really passionate about is just knowing yourself in the train. So talking about you know, land navigation or, or orienteering, you know, as it's called in, in most of the world. This is something I've been teaching for a long time in the military. And you'd think that, you know, that most military guys know how to use a compass. But in today's age of, you know, GPS devices, you know, we're really tied into the, the Internet. Um, and so a lot of a lot of dudes just they don't know how to read a map properly. They don't right. know how to use a compass. And if you can't do those things, Matt, you're toast if you get out uh, off trail every year. Over 2,000 search and rescue operations happen in national parks and national forests. And I think a lot of that stems back to 
people not understanding and appreciating uh, where they're at in time and space. Yeah, for sure. So I would agree. Like a lot of people just don't have those basic skills. And like what you're saying, a lot of people are relying on other things like technology, the internet, or, you know, GPS units. Are, do you think from your experience, are people that are getting lost, are they people that are simply not aware of navigation and not even bring any devices out there at all? Or are these people that maybe brought a device such as a phone or a GPS unit and maybe it died on them or they don't know how to use it or they're not using it properly? Like what, what do you, what's your thought on that? I think from things that I've seen, it's a mixture of both. So the majority of people who get lost are, are, are the day hikers. Uh, you know, they're just going out to, to te- snap some photos and they venture off trail to to, to take a look at something different and they may probably don't have a GPS device with them because they're not like a lot of us, you know, who are through hikers may have intentionally carry some maps or some GPS devices, but, and those that do, you know, batteries die, you know, you're trying to lighten up your load. So you may not take some uh, extra batteries, things of this nature. But yeah, I think for the most part, people who end up getting lost from looking at articles and reading uh, specifics on some of the stories it's comes from down to people who don't have any skills whatsoever and don't have a map and don't have a gps device okay gotcha i don't know if you know the answer to this question i mean you're obviously training people with land navigation and that's kind of built into the military but for your average person out there are there typically classes people can take on this because i like for me i just had to, i sort of had to just figure it out on my own and just practice a ton is there it, like what would you recommend for your average person who maybe doesn't have that skill? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's tough um, to, to find some local groups, and I think there's probably you know in some different areas some some guys that are out there that are going to offer some uh, local classes. I, I, I'm trying to piece together and work out towards the rest of the year, you know, some kind of a, a master class I can make available outside of what I do on YouTube. It's a little bit more one-on-one, even though it's you know uh, uh, digital. Uh, but okay. that's been like one of my primary things. Uh, I try to focus on at least once a month is putting some kind of video on the channel that specifically deals with navigation with or without a compass. Okay. Gotcha. So, okay. So they can access. Yeah. And it's, you're right. It's, t- it's totally not the same thing, but it is a starting point for people yeah. to, to get the basic skills right. down and then they can go apply. It. I know for me, I was, I think the first time I, I really started to understand the three dimensional shape of the map on a two-dimensional piece of paper was when I was just on a mountain ridge looking down at various lakes and looking at contour lines to see how they match up right. with the landscape. Yeah. So that's great. And once it does it, you know, the map actually starts to become alive and it actually means something to you. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And so, and I, you know, when we go with groups of people, I encourage everybody to have their own map just so they can hone those skills in. So uh, land navigation, that's a good one. Okay, so what's so that's one skill. What's another one you got? Yeah, I, I think the other one um, is, is would definitely have to be first aid, uh, you know, beyond, you know, putting a Band-Aid on. You know, because, again, when you go back and you look at this, uh, a lot of the search and rescue stories that, that happen and people who get stranded for more than, you know, a few hours, you know, and they're stuck out for a, a day waiting for somebody to, to, to come help them or whatever the case is, it, it's a sprained ankle and you're out in the wilderness and, and you may have a small first aid kit, but how do you deal with a sprained ankle or a broken leg and, and how do you provide aid and service to people or to yourself uh, when you have limited supplies? So do you think that the most common injuries that would require search and rescue would be just like ankles and you know like lower extremity kind of bone injuries yeah no absolutely uh lower extremity injuries is is the top one on the list so whether it's it's comes from a fall people somebody was trying to climb a tree to get a better look and they you know they fell down and, and broke a leg or they took a wrong step and and rolled their ankle or you know god forbid you know something like a compound fracture gotcha have you ever tr- climbed a tree to get a better look before? I, I, I have not. Well, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I thought, when I was young and dumb, absolutely. Uh, but okay. I'm, too, I'm too old for that stuff anymore. Okay. I'm trying to think. I'm, I was trying to think of a scenario where I would do that. I mean, I would try, I guess if I was more, I don't know, that would, it would take a lot. I'd have to feel really lost to do that, but I get it. I know, oh, yeah. I know people are out there doing stuff like that for sure. But you know, people just, you know, they, they do dumb things. Yeah, you can watch amazing compilation videos of people falling and, and hurting themselves. And it's funny to watch sometimes, but, you know, when you think about it, uh, it it's not. Or, you know, people are out, uh, you know, we just had uh, earlier this year, you know, uh, some folks down in Oregon 
jumped into a river and although they could swim, they weren't good swimmers and ended up getting mm. hurt and swept down and unfortunately uh, passed away. And okay. you know, it's just a- accidents happen, you know, far too often. And we're just, we're not careful. We're not prepared uh, with the gear, the skills or the knowledge to be able to, to take care of things, uh, you know, when they come up. For sure. And, and yeah, and swimming in a river is obviously a whole different skill than just your basic, like, you know, oh, yeah. water swimming. Yeah. Um, for sure. But yeah, that's, yeah. And I guess the other thing that kind of came to mind too, when you talk about injuries is if you're off trail and you're climbing up, you know, boulder fields and if you're not staggering, you know, your, your trip up, what I get concerned about is somebody kicking a loose rock down and causing some serious damage. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I've I've, I've had to dodge some boulders in my time for sure. As a result of that. (laughs) (laughs) That's no bueno. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, there's a lot of classes you can take, but in terms of wilderness first aid, would do you just recommend that trip leaders, group leaders, just just have that under their belt, take that class, or is there something more basic that you recommend? When it comes to first aid, you know there are a plethora of resources available, and you're going to find local resources, whether it's a, a local community college, a fire department, you know, paramedics. Some, sometimes they'll put some some uh, some short classes on. Uh, scouting troops sometimes will, will put some things together. And I think ultimately, you know, if you're a trip leader or organizing some kind of a, a trip, you need to have in the back of your head and have a, a thorough knowledge of how to you know, make some splints uh, or some different drags or whatever uh, it is. And it has a few necessary right. things to be able to, to handle that. And then, you know, if need be, depending on the, the situation and where you're going, if, if you anticipate a higher rate of injury for falls because you're going bouldering, then you may want to take some time with the rest of your guys and be like, okay, so this is how we're going right. to handle these situations, you know, so you have your extra ropes or whatever the case is. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah. And, and, and when we go and do things that might be extreme in terms of, you know, level of exercise or exertion, right. I always prefer to have at least three guys or three folks there. That way, if somebody does get hurt, one person can stay behind it spread the love. Yeah. Yeah. And one person can, can, can make a run for it. Are you more the person that is like a, a minimalist? You, you mentioned kind of map and compass and just having these skills on the trail. Do you recommend, ha- you know, if, let's say you only have two people going or you're going solo. Are you more of like a, a Garmin in reach kind of guy? So I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't use a lot of technology uh, when I'm walking around except for cameras. <laughs> right. No, I'm, I'm the same way for sure. So I guess I, I'm more of a minimalist, but at the same time, you know, with such a, a heavy b- military background, we, we tend to do things very heavy and very redundant. Uh, you know, two, two is one and one is none. Uh, so I still have a, a lot of that ingrained in me as well. Gotcha. Interesting. All right. So, and then, all right. So we always do things in threes in our podcast. Do you have a third, a third uh, skill that you think people are lacking out there? Well, you, you know, you kind of brought it up, uh, you know, poking fun uh, in my name, which is like the greatest <laughs> last name of, of all time. Uh, you know, you got Bram Stoker, you know, he's in the background Ooh. back there. Uh, you know, I'm born in Roswell, so, you know, there might be some alien blood, you know, flowing around in me. Um, <laughs> I wish I knew that at the beginning of the interview. <laughs> born in Roswell. I sure was, man. Crazy. Yeah, I no, I I had some fun. I was thinking, like, when you're when you're really, like, excited about something or happy about something. Oh, yeah, you get stoked. You get yeah. stoked, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I was get, trying. I was trying to think some other ones. <laughs> I didn't think of Bram Stoker. That's a good one right there. Yeah, <laughs> fire building. You know, um, it it comes to mind a lot. You know, I, I got a, my father in law who loves hiking. He's done a lot of the AT, and you know, he loves cooking. Bar. He he loves being outdoors. He's an outdoors kind of guy. Right. But to this day, uh, and so my father in law, he's pushing. You know, mid sixties, anyways. And to this day, cannot start a fire without lighter fluid and it's absolutely ridiculous you know no for sure so so starting just basically just basic fire starting skill is what you're saying yeah yeah absolutely so when you think of it in in terms of anything from you know having some basic survival knowledge uh to be able to take care of things in case things go bad so that you can cook you can stay warm you can purify water you just do all signal uh you know if you're trying to uh, get some smoke that's going or you know just gosh dang it man every man needs to know how to build a fire i mean it's just one of the things that we all have to know how to do man skill right there absolutely yeah. right 
For sure. And we actually, in a recent episode, talked about, because my partner's really good at that, and he, yeah. and actually in an Olympic, the, you know, he, he talked about how the ground was just soaked, and he was still able to, to build one. I was, I was pretty impressed with that. But yeah. yeah, and that's actually a skill I'm trying to teach my kids, but they're still kind of a little afraid of, you know, lighting the matches and stuff. So we're working on that. But all right. right. So the three essential skills that you need to know. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Absolutely. It sounds like you have, yeah, you have a lot of experience with and knowledge, especially about search and rescue that I, I do not have. Have you ever volunteered for search and rescue or participated or been rescued yourself? Uh, so I've been fortunate to not have to be rescued myself. Uh, okay. and I'm thankful for that. Um, and I have participated in a few SAR missions in the past and I've been looking, especially now that I'm up here and there's a lot more uh, folks and a lot more agencies. It's a lot more organized up here uh, with the population density in all the national forests and all the national parks that are up here. Right. Um, try to get involved in that way as well. You've got a lot of this information as well as well as other things on your YouTube channel, and it's called Stokermatic. Is that correct? That's it. That's right. Stokermatic. Okay. So yeah, what else? Yeah, what else you have going on with your YouTube channel that people out there would want to check out? You think? Uh, you know, so the majority of everything I have on the channel is primarily you know, field craft related leans in that direction, whether, you know, you're talking land navigation or, or in detailing out into some of the details on that. I, I said details like way too many times. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> uh, that's, that's right. Uh, but you know, I, I'm equally passionate about the why. And so I, I spend a lot of time at least once a week, just thinking about, you know, virtues or values, beliefs, and, because I think that pushes us into the, into the outdoors and, and I'm passionate about that and connecting people that it's not, I don't want to go outside just because, you know, I'm a guy, I'm a man. I want to be outside. There's, there's things right. that are inside of me that I want to be connected with my family and with my community. And I want to know where I came from, you know, with my ancestors and where we're going to, I want to be able to spend time alone and think about uh, things that are bigger than myself. And that kind of pushes me, to go outside and so that pushes the skills that I want to know and be able to do outside whether it's some basic bushcrafting skills like carving, pioneering, you know, rope work, things like this. So it, it's it's a little randomized at first look for some people I think, but I think really it really all is just one thing, you know, love for outdoors. And I will say that yeah, I've checked out some of your videos and you have a great I mean, you're blessed with a great voice, but you also have a great presence. And so I think it's a very, yeah, you're very engaging as a speaker. Um, and so I do what I can. I appreciate it. Yeah. That. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, for sure. I, um, so, so I, I was happy to check those out for sure. Had a really good time catching up with Mr. Stoker, like just a awesome dude and yeah what did you before i get to my stuff what was your takeaway uh he had a lot of good stuff to say i, I liked his input on first of all i know you always mock me in my responses but when you mentioned the sasquatch and he just started laughing mm. he just his initial right. organic response was laughter just right. says a lot that's all i'm gonna say it says a lot in his defense he hasn't seen our videos so that's i think it just Reminded me of his potential connection and belief or non-belief in Sasquatch. That's all. Okay. Um, but I, on a more serious note, though, I liked his input on that. I think, and this is something I think we could be better at, is the first aid portion where just getting mm. more more in tune with, you know, if somebody twisted their ankle or broke their leg or, you know, had a serious injury, like, what would we do? And I agree, like, uh, most of the time it's probably going to be, like, a lower extremity, like, uh, knee or ankle or foot Mm -hmm. type thing maybe so i think right. increasing knowledge there is huge that's always something to be good in yeah let me let me ask you a question about that do you think yeah somebody like you know if, if whether it's somebody from our group or if folks out there have a group they typically go with should there be somebody in the group that has taken a wilderness first aid class um, should there be somebody in the group i mean that's not i would yeah sure that'd be great one of us has to go do it though right? I've, I've, I've taken it before but it's one of those things that you have to renew every few years and so i've taken a couple uh, wilderness first aid classes but i can't say that i remember everything yeah and oftentimes they're changing yeah. things every year too right so right that is true yeah. too that is true okay do you have another takeaway from his alien blood wow that's all i'm gonna say about that yeah he, yeah he joked about alien blood he joked about alien blood which that wasn't real derek seriously okay <laughs> what do you think about his thing about swimming swimming in rivers what's your thought on that i was curious um yeah i just think yes 
if you if if you're in calm water, if I don't know, you just got to it's a judgment call, right? Yeah, for sure. I think well, most of the time unless you have a I mean, I don't know, man. Unless you have some strong knowledge like you have like tons and tons of uh room to swim without worrying about some waterfall, it's still going to be kind of the thing about the rivers I think that's sketchy is like is like uh you never know what's under the water right i mean sometimes you can see it's clear and uh it's fine right. but like that move that water is tricky and it moves you quick and the one time that i fell into a river i mean there were huge boulders and rocks and stuff and that, that can just tweak your wait are you talking about the grand canyon story where you got attacked or almost attacked by a cooler a cooler no that was that was true this was at the american river in sacramento uh, i got a little too big for my britches fell out of the boat and there's just mm. so much going on underwater that could be really right. bad really quick. So, For sure. I don't know. Just seems like a risk that's not worth it to me. A couple other takeaways I had, though. Um, he mentioned just I didn't know the stats on the number of search and rescue operations for hikers, 2,000. And I was part of that stat years ago. And, yeah, he's, he mentions mainly day hikers. And I was like, yeah, I guess when that happened, that was a day hiker. And, back, you know, back in Yosemite on the Yosemite Falls Trail. And... Um, so that was one thing that I thought of. And then the other thing was he mentioned with the navigation, mm. just, you know, redundancy and just, you know, having those map skills, which I think is definitely critical. Yeah. Um, but do you think people should bring the Garmin in reach, especially if kids are along? It just seems safer to me, but they are expensive. Yeah. They're like two, 300 bucks, right? So some of them. They're 350 bucks plus the, you know, the cost of actually running it. Right. Right. Um, I mean, if you're that, I mean, it can't hurt. Like, depends. We're talking. Did you say we're going? Are we day hiking? Are we going for a few days? Just no for back. This is called backpacking and blisters. That's the name of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying Starker was talking about most people get lost are the day hikers, right? So what I need? Do I feel like I need to bring it even on a day hike with kids? Right. So that right. was my question. So right. So in light of in light of that, then is is that necessary? Is it smart? To have extra sources to get yourself unlost, quote unquote. Yeah, I think so. But I don't know how familiar are you with the area. Like, if this is a park you grew up in or have been to a million times, then mm. maybe not. But can you read a map? That's huge too. Right. But if it's a new area, then yeah, I'd say bring it. It's not just about getting lost, though. It's about you know people knowing where you are, and then if there's an injury, being able to signal for search and rescue as well so that's a good point yeah especially yeah. with kids you want to get the help there asap right so that's a good point i'd say yeah that's probably something i need to invest in relatively soon yeah another thing too is yeah if i go you know under circling back to the to our episode if i go back to you know if i you know go into the mountains go backpacking you're you're more you know staying at home you mm-hmm. can communicate with me on the garmin reach and say hey it's uh it's time to come back down from the hills all clear i can crisis yeah. averted you know right yeah for sure um so yeah so good stuff there and then fire starting critical skill i liked his story about his father-in-law mm. yeah I, I think that's a critical skill i've i've tried with my kids and um they're starting to be a little bit more confident with the matches and such uh we did by the way this is kind of side note we got called out by listener doug who was referencing one of your the skills based podcasts where you were using the word kindling as kind of your step one to starting a fire mm-hmm. and He's like, it's actually technically like the really, really small stuff is called Tinder. Step two is kindling. Calm down, sir. Calm down, I say. Hey, it's it's important. I make that mistake too, so I'm not blaming you, Derek. I'm just saying he was correcting the vocabulary. <laughs> Don't be sensitive. Well, note taken. Note yeah. taken. I'm not, not hitting a nerve sensitive. with you right there. <laughs> note taken. <laughs> I think I, I hear Tinder. I think uh, I think dating app, and I I, I think I just stray right. toward kindling. I think that's what I was, you know. That's okay. Me. Anyway, so. Really good stuff from uh, Mr. Stoker, and we'll have more from him on one of our bonus episodes. Yeah. And if you want to check out his channel, Stokermatic, he is an expert in fieldcraft, and he, yeah, he's Indeed. got some, he's got some really good things. So check them out if you get a chance. And it's time, my friend, for trivia. Do Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal: develop high quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping 
MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This is a weird trivia. No surprise. Questions about core. Core. Okay, core. Core. You'll see where I'm going with this. I hope so. You ready? I'm trying. Yeah. Okay, so this is going to be, I got a local question for you to start with. So you're traveling down the 91 freeway, you go past Riverside, and you end up in what city? (laughs) Pomona? (laughs) What are you talking about? Which direction am I going? Uh, I'm going east on the 91? Questions about core. I mean, I guess I could end up in... Core. Yeah. What are you? <laughs> no, we're, we're dancing Brea. around the, the backdrop of what's happening in life, and I'm continuing to, to, to dance around. Oh, this. Corona. 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 Yeah, the city Corona. Which <laughs> we love uh, wow. to live in that city right nowadays. All right. So, wow. That uh, was bad. Well, yeah. Well, I get, I get more of these. So um, there's oh a boy. water bottle out right now that you can kind of use to hydrate yourself if you're willing to risk going to the store. And. You know what that's called? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. It's called Core. C-O-R. It's called Core. Yeah. yeah. Water bottle. Yeah. Get, with, get with the program it's here, Derek. All right. Uh, next core. question wow. is, uh, you know, you talked about cleaning metallic surfaces. Well, what if instead of cleaning them, you put some sort of like serious acid on the metal? What would happen to that metal? <laughs> <laughs> To the core, <laughs> <laughs> it would uh, corrode. This is painful. Corrode. Is this? Is this? Yeah. This is, this is real. He thought about this. Yeah, it's real. Yeah, you're struggling. Big time. Uh, gl- okay. So <laughs> no shame right now. No shame. All right. So you you tell a story, and oftentimes when you tell a story, people don't believe you, and so you ask me to confirm <laughs> the story. Um, mm. Another word for confirming the story is to corroborate. Yes, yes. You're welcome. You're that welcome. Is, that is correct. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, young Indiana Jones stole mm-hmm. an artifact from a guy digging in Utah. It was the cross of... You said crystal skull? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody watched that. Nobody no. watched that. <laughs> Uh, Indian Jones and the Last Crusade, where he's the young I'm Indiana kidding. Jones. Okay. Yeah, no, no, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, okay. I can't remember the name of it. I don't remember the name of it. Coronado. 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 You could have just yeah. it said right. something about San Diego, Coronado, but you can go Indiana Jones. Yeah, no, no, that, that's, this is more general for everybody that's fine. to know. All right, last one I got for you is uh, one of the best-selling cars out there. It's made by Toyota. The core? <laughs> <laughs> Say the core. The name of the car is called. The I just core. spit my water all over the place. Man, I need an onion so I don't touch my face. <laughs> That's true. People are um, people are are enjoying this one. It's called the Corolla. Oh wow! Really? Wow. I'm gonna say big time fail on that. Gladly. We will we'll, we'll work on um, word beginnings later. Yeah, we'll do we'll do maybe we'll do like a prefix trivia later. I've never been so happy to fail something, in my life. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, I got I got a few tidbits here. Last episode, uh, I it's kind of in the tidbit section. This is kind of a follow up here. I asked about you leaving a comment on the YouTube videos because you know like the comments help and they kind of bring more attention to them. And I was kind of poking fun because I can't even get the guys in the you know that are in the video to leave the comments. And you said you'd go through the videos that night 
Yeah. And you didn't get them. And you didn't. No, you didn't. You didn't put any comments on there. Maybe they didn't go through. There's. It's not a go through. It's not like a submission. It's just like. Well, it looked like they were on there, but maybe I messed it up. Okay. So I guess my question is, yeah, like how can we trust you, Derek? You can't apparently. I thought I had it all up there. I guess I had some uh, some more technical difficulties. So right. I will go. There was through even tonight. a listener on there that said that put two words "Wow, good" in response to that episode, and so um, I thought that was actually really funny. Was it? That was by Steven. So thank you, Steven, for that. That was funny. Wow, good. Last one. I know this episode is running long, but that's okay because a lot of us aren't working right now, so we have plenty of time. I've got we got an MP3 from Matt who had a response to our episode on like your longest day yet. So here's what he has to say. Hey Derek and Carl, how's it going? This is Matt from Massachusetts. I wanted to drop a line and uh, share some thoughts that I had on your previous episode about your longest day. And I think that there's a tip that you guys kind of started to discuss, but really kind of missed hitting home. And it was uh, Derek's, one of his first tips regarding fueling. And I think he had a lot of good stuff to say about, you know, what to eat and making sure that you're fueling the right way. Um, And he started to talk a little bit about water, uh, but his recommendation was to not carry too much water. And I kind of want to counter that a little bit because my tip is you got to stay ahead of hydration. If you don't hydrate well on a big day and and really make sure that you've got a proper amount of of fluid intake, you are going to crash hard. And when that happens, it's really hard to recover from that. So my tip would be make sure that you're a step ahead of hydration. Derek is going to love this, but make sure that you are peeing regularly, maybe once an hour or so. And, uh, you know, make sure that pee's clear. If it's not clear, you got to drink more. And if you're thirsty, it's too late. Keep up the great work, guys. Thanks so much for the podcast. Have a great day. Matt, I love water. I'm sure you love water. We all love water. It's very great. I'm actually drinking water and spitting it out on my floor on accident (laughs) due to laughter right now. What I meant was if you... Are, and Carl will attest to this because he lectures me about it regularly. <laughs> lectures. Don't bring some huge bladder and add an extra five plus pounds to your pack when you know that we're going to have to cross two or three streams in like three or four miles or five miles. And then, you know, so it's just it, the reason I said that was like, don't unnecessarily weigh yourself down when you could pack in like you know, like a liter of water, liter and a half of water. And then when you get to the river, you know, and I know that your group is going to want to stop. Or my group does every time they stop and they filter and they stop and they filter. So what's the, for me, it's like, what's the point of adding all this water? Because I'm just going to get there and stand there while they filter water anyway. So do I want to stand there with extra weight in my back? Not really. So I get your point. There's, there's, it's never bad to, to hydrate and pack water for sure. But I think when I know that there's streams ahead, I'm like, you know, and I'm going to get a lecture from Carl anyway. So, but I, I liked, you know, okay. he's yeah. right though. You know, he's right about hydration. Yeah. You got to stay, stay hydrated. hydrated for sure. Yeah. I've run out of water. It's horrible. Okay. We ran out of water, I think last trip, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or was it the year before? Uh, yes. Yeah. But there was an issue with that that will be revealed in part two of our, our video. Oh, so you're right. That was, yeah. 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 That was a um, special yeah, circumstances, but uh yeah so i had a different i actually had a different reaction to that my reaction was more that i realized that we have people coming in and listening to our podcast kind of just at different Mm. points and i guess my question was do we need to to repeat some of our information from season one because i i guess i kind of have left that out there one of the earlier episodes we did about shaving weight that i don't even think it's available anymore on um, some of the podcast apps is one of my big things that i shared on that one was just pounding some water with the drink mix while you're filtering right you just you get a liter or whatever half a liter and mm-hmm. you just pound you just drink it right there so you hydrate yourself on the spot with the electrolytes and then you filter what you need for you know the trail ahead until your next water stop so that way you're not ever bringing too much water and you're staying mm-hmm. hydrated and so right yeah so i guess we, could, we probably could have rehashed that and we could have mentioned that again we don't could know have. the balance let's be honest you know the balance of what we need to repeat and what we don't need to repeat but that probably could have been worth repeating right yeah 
Okay. Definitely. So yeah. And he mentioned he mentioned that you want to have your you know pee once an hour sounds about right, but that your pee should be clear. And I've actually heard mm. that it should be more like lemonade color. So I'm not. Sure. I got to check and see what's right. I've heard. On that. I've heard clear too. You don't want. You definitely don't too. want the dark. But if it's like kind of that lightish yellow, I think that's fine too. I think you're still hydrated up. Any light light shade of yellow, um, is is good. Over. Yeah. Right. But yeah, good call, Matt. Thanks. Thanks for pointing that out. Hydration is key to making your day last long and getting those miles in. So, and that's all I got, my friend. That sounds glorious. Guys, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for hanging in there with us. This is a long one. Uh, hopefully you had fun. We had fun. We will see you next time on the B&B, guys. Remember, guys, if Carl throws an onion at you, you put that puppy in your pocket. It's going to come in handy later. We'll see you next time. I want to Carl uh, loves, just loves to cough into his hands and just rub the back of my backpack. So what is one to do on the trail when he does this? Uh, I took his advice one year, foolishly, and started spraying myself with alcohol and chlorine. And as a result, the mosquitoes started to attack me. And as a result of that, as you know from the intro and the warning, if Carl sees mosquitoes... We're back in the apocalypse. It's a vicious cycle. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life.